Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, your host, and with me today is my co-host, Nick Costco. Nick, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to diving in here. Me too. You know, this is one of my favorite parts of the book because it just talks about really what are we feeling? Why do we act the way that we act? And Nelson titles this, The Human Problems, Understanding Parkinson's Law. You know, there's some obviously some pages before this, but when I read the book the first time, I was sitting in a Denny's in San Juan, Puerto Rico, never forget it. And this was, you know, these first pages that I'm reading, I'm like, it hit me just right upside the head. Now I understand why I'm behaving the way I am. You know, now that I understand it, now I can start modifying my financial behavior. Yeah. You know, and really is trying to say, you got to understand why you think what you think or why you're feeling what you feel and why you're acting the way that you act. And he's justifying it a little bit for you. And, you know, see Northcote Parkinson. And he was born in 1909, died in 1993. So it's not like this guy was in the 1700s or anything. I mean, this is, this is pretty recent in the, obviously in history. And he's known for this little book. Parkinson's law. And he, and he isolates some of the limitations of all of us. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. And, and I love what he says at the end of this first paragraph, Nick, he says, he reminds me of a sign at church that read, God so loved the world, he did not send a committee. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. This is, I got my copy that's of the book that's signed by Nelson. That sentence right there is underlined in my book. Yeah, as it should be. That's awesome. So let's talk about Parkinson's law. He says, work expands to meet the time envelope allowed. What does that mean to you? Well, it's just, if someone gives me 10 days to do a project that may take me two hours, it's likely that I'm going to start some point through the ninth day working on the project. Right. And, and you know what's funny about this is I actually remember a guy that I knew that every time... I knew him when he was in school and every time he would get an assignment, he had overcome Parkinson's law. It was like the assignment was burning a hole in his head and that he had to just do that assignment immediately. If it was Friday, he would get it done. Then he would go enjoy his weekend. And I always thought that's the opposite of the way that I, as a student did things is when's this due? This is due next Friday. Okay. About Thursday, I'll look at it and I'll get it done before that next morning that I need to turn it in. But we have to, we have to overcome that. And you're exactly right. That's, that's just human nature, right? It's, it's what we do. The next one is my favorite because I see evidence of this in my household every single day. And I'm not going to pick on the other people in my household. I'm just telling you that I grew up without a lot and we're very blessed now. And uh, a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. I believe you and I were talking about this on the phone just last night. We were. And I'll tell you one that my kids notice is 
you know, Nelson kind of ages himself here a little bit with you know, air conditioned automobiles, but, <laughs> but how about air conditioned seats in the back? Okay. My kids got to have the air conditioned <laughs> seats in the rear seat, right? That's yeah. funny. I would say they're spoiled, but a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. Yeah. And it really is. It's just like we were talking last night. I move out to the country and I got this peace and quiet. The odds of me moving back into the city are slim to none. And I'm going to probably pay a premium to stay where it's quiet. And I didn't realize it before. Yeah. And, and, and you're exactly right. I was just down in Alabama visiting a great friend and we have cicadas up here in South Dakota and we're sitting at his lake house and he came from very humble beginnings. And I said, did you ever think you'd have a lake house like this? And, and, but there was a noise. We were out grilling on the deck and, and I thought it was, man, these cicadas sound pretty funny down here in the, in the South. <laughs> and he said, those aren't cicadas. Those are tree frogs. Oh, and cool. I said, Oh, tree frogs, you know, you know, and it's just, I love traveling around and seeing just the, how little differences, but, but, you know, the other thing is the cicadas, you know, when they come out every whatever number of years is after a while, you don't even hear them. So he, I bet he didn't even hear these tree frogs. Right. For me, it was like a drum, man. It was, it was loud, but it's a beautiful lake. I'd get used to them real quick, Nick. <laughs> well, think about this. This is something everyone can relate to though. Almost everyone listening has a cell phone. Yeah. Well, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, that, that was not, not everyone had, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, probably not everyone had a cell phone, but right. can you imagine if people did not have a cell phone and then take it a step further, a smartphone, you yeah. know, and just think about the expense that is in our life. You know, it kind of dovetails right into the, to the next paragraph where he says expenses rise to equal our income. You know, that's probably my favorite one, too. I mean, I, I think I maybe I love all of these because this is the one that I see most. And I see it on the coasts, and I see it kind of in the upper middle class demographic is expenses rise to equal income. And, you know, it's always the BBD, the bigger, better deal. Sure. And, and you know, every time that we start to make more money, it's like, well, that's, you know, something else becomes a new necessity, you know, or something comes to be a new normal for us as far as how we're spending our money, right? Yeah. Kind of crazy. But, but he goes on to say, like, listen, if we can acknowledge these things, okay, I, I acknowledge that I'm doing those things, but if you are not willing to overcome them, and he says it right there, you are destined to become a slave. Right. Like, right. You know, we've joked before that we're freeing slaves. Yeah. We're, we're freeing people from financial slavery. Well, we, we, we don't joke about that. We, we say it and it sounds funny, right? <laughs> That's but right. it's true. I mean, it's, I mean, we say it to get somebody's attention. Hey, what do you guys do? We, we free slaves. They look at us like we're crazy. Yeah. And then we talk about, you know, how we free people from financial slavery. And, and you're right. This this behavior is the behavior of a slave because if you can't whip Parkinson's law, then Nelson says you might as well dig a hole and, and jump in it. But if you can, 
you win by default. Yeah. I just now think about that. That kind of goes back to a little bit of a slide that we use in the reassuring lie and the inconvenient truth. It's pretty yeah. pretty interesting. But I I like how we, you know you did this originally. You said it takes it takes a couple things to get over to the other side to to overcome it. It takes some courage. It takes some conviction. It takes some coaching. You don't have to do this alone. Right. Right. And, and just know that if you just read along the rest of this page and, you know, when the, I think it was the sergeant, he says to the uh, officer or the officer says to him, remember rule six. Right? And then he yeah. says, well, but what is rule six? <laughs> now, uh, don't take yourself too seriously. That doesn't mean, hey, if you get a raise at work and you want to go buy a new couch or you want to upgrade your car or something and it's within your budget, then do it. But please be, be the banker when you buy those things, right? As Nelson said, I believe in his seminar, he said, you're not going to get out of this alive. That's right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, again, over the last uh, week, I've talked a lot about Nelson hanging out with friends and I was in Nelson's hometown, or I mean, not his hometown, I'm sorry, but the town that he lived in for the, the whole time that I knew him in Birmingham, Alabama. And, uh, yeah. you know, you just really think about him a lot when you're down there. And for everybody who was fortunate enough to see him in a live seminar or see the man in person and just have a, a casual one-on-one -on -one conversation with him, you should consider yeah. yourself blessed because... You know, he just, he really brought so much to my life and in my family's life. And uh, we're going to have a special series about him and I'll share some more of those ideas. But let's get to Willie Sutton. This is uh, probably one of my favorite ones. I, I believe if I were to go back, if I could redo or, or genuinely remember the moment that this whole concept was introduced to me, I always say I was flying with this guy. And I said something obtuse about money. Yeah. And his reaction to me was, well, have you, have you ever heard of infinite banking? <laughs> and the Willie Sutton's law is probably where I was coming from in that moment. Right. Yeah. So what is it? Willie Sutton's law? Yeah. Wherever wealth is accumulated, someone will try to steal it. Yeah, that's right. Now, before we even get started, who's the biggest thief in the world? Oh, this is this will hurt some people and they may thrash around, but it's the IRS. It is the IRS. We're not going to get into uh, too deep in the woods or the weeds. I mean, it's early where I'm at, Nick. And we're not going to get too deep in the weeds here. But the IRS is definitely the biggest thief in the world. And Nelson says that right in the second paragraph. <laughs> and, you know, the story that Nelson tells about the mall and putting a gun to someone's head and and everybody is shocked that hey jim is robin nelson right this is the way he tells the story in the seminar but then he says you get to the and, and by the way so here's the story really quick and i'm i won't do it justice because nelson just used to do it so well but you're in a food court in a mall and i grab you nick and i put a gun to your head and i take all your money and everybody in the food court stops. They're shocked that I'm robbing you, right? But then we change the scenario around. 
And, and then, you know, this is where Nelson says this in the book, but this is the way Nelson used to talk about the food court and uh, which is a little dated to the food court. But he says, then I gather everybody an hour before and, and tell them that we're going to divide all the contents of your wallet. Now they call that democracy in action. But what he says in the, in the seminar is he'd say, now they're cheering me. You know, they're, they're, they're cheering me on to steal from you. <laughs> You know, and I don't remember exactly the way he would say that, Nick, but I love that story because when I first saw the seminar, there were just certain things that stuck out to me. And I was like, yeah, that is right. And then he calls it democracy in action. Had you read The Law by Frederick Bastier before you uh, were introduced to Nelson? I had not. Nelson introduced me to that book, The Law, and I've read it. I don't know how many times I've listened to it. And yeah. I think this is, uh, this is also an, in the law. This is an area that our youngest IBC practitioner to be, who happens to be your son, yeah, uh, really understands this, doesn't he? He does. It was funny. Last night we were talking and he was reading the law again, the, the, uh, the kids version of it by the Tuttle Twins. And he said, "Hey, when am I going to be on the podcast? So we'll record with him soon, and he can he can talk about that to our to our younger audience because I know that we have so many clients that have kids and you know have a penchant for learning. So we're going to serve that here soon. Yeah, someday Jake Costco could be definitely uh, leading the charge to free slaves from financial slavery. Well, I think, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but I want to just kind of make sure people understand something." The IRS and the Federal Reserve and the Treasury have this symbiotic relationship, and that's how that all works. And we can dive into that with people as they want. But that's when when Nelson says that government is a parasite and it needs a host, right? And and that's how that's working. You know, they're they're taking money from us via the IRS to give to the Treasury to pay to the Federal Reserve for all the money they're borrowing, right? And it's there's all kinds of lipstick put on that pig through the noise channels, the, the news and the, and social media and whatnot, and especially the political antics that go on out there. Cause that's starting to heat up for next year, but you know, that's what's going on. There's a ton of noise, ton of stuff thrown against the wall, right? Absolutely. But the reality of it is it's very simple. What's happening. It is very simple. And you know, the word that I would say in that, that Frederick Bastiat, Bastier, how do you say that in French? <laughs> Bastier. Bastier, okay. Now, by the way, that's not the way Nelson would pronounce it, but uh, I won't try to pronounce it his way because uh, <laughs> I can't do, do the Southern drawl without sounding like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying too hard. It's like somebody trying to have an uh, English accent and then they sound like they're from Australia or something. So I won't do hey, it. But You're too L.A. That's right, yeah. I just have a little bit too much uh, West Coast in me, I guess. But... <laughs> Plunder. What does plunder mean to you? I mean, illegal plunder is pretty simple, but legal plunder is, it's kind of like is happening in front of you and you don't even realize it's happening, right? Yeah, that's the game. The game is being played so well that you don't even realize there's a game going on. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're just taking from some people and they're stealing from them and giving it to other people. Yeah. By the way, the people that are receiving, they cheer that on. And I, uh, I was watching uh, 
a political debate last night, and those people, they are all about plunder. Yeah. They want to steal from anybody that has anything and give it to people that don't have anything. The reason they're saying that they're for that is so they can get elected, right? Whether they're going to do it or not is another thing, or whether they can even have a chance to do it, right? Sure. I mean, sure. it's, uh, it's, it's really kind of crazy. Well, and then all, look at all the problems that are created with this. And then, then we have to create, you know, exceptions to it because they realize that they've made such a mess of the, the economic system that we have to make exceptions to it. You know, like we saw early, early in the seventies, which, you know, we birthed ERISA. Right. And which birthed all these, you know, we'll call them the qualified plans, you know, like how can I, how can I avoid taxation now? You know, those tax rates were through the roof back in the seventies. So how can I get around that a little bit? Right. And so we create exceptions to a rule and how well is that working out? Well, for most people, it doesn't work out and they don't know it until it's too late. And again, when you have do it yourself retirement and you don't have any training, you're not trained as a pension manager, but yet you're responsible for your own pension which is the way most people do it, not people that work with us. They, they build wealth in a different way that they are in control of. But when you count on the government, which again is a parasite, they get to make the rules for the host. You know, they're, they're going to kill the host eventually, right? Because they're going to take all the produce of the host. That's what they're trying to do by raising taxes, by doing that, you know, the, the book Atlas Shrugged. Now, yeah. have you read that? I have not. That's a, that's a monster, but I've, it is a monster. I've read some summaries of it. Yeah. And basically it's taking, what if all of the productive people were removed from society? Then what? Sure. Right. I mean, that's not the whole book, but you know, to me, the message is if you, are productive and you're removed from society what happens to that society well it yeah. dies yeah it's dead but people don't realize that and and you know nelson points out the ussr well we got one going right now what's going to be a hot topic going into the presidential debate it's about student loan debt yeah who's responsible for selling all this debt to to these students yeah yeah. The government, the government program of, of selling that. So we've, en, we've enslaved all these students and, and graduates with, with the student loan debt. And then we're going to call that a problem. But wait a second, they made, they made laws where you can't abolish your student loan debt in bankruptcy. Right. Yeah. So you're completely enslaved by that. And now we're going to elect more people to solve that problem. Well, that's just as Nelson says. It's a case of appointing the fox to guard the hen house or the chicken house. Right, right. It's silly. It's, it, it is, it's ludicrous to me, and that's why I can't find the news stations on my TV. I don't, I don't plug into it. Right. It's just noise. It is just noise. And we have to avoid the noise and really study the truth. And, you know, the truth is not always convenient. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding with you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's funny because it's like trying to lose weight. You know, you could tell yourself that eating 3,000 calories a day, you're going to lose weight. And you can trick your body into, you know, being 
you know, where you think that you're losing weight or you think you're gaining muscle or, but when you stand on the scale, then that's when the reality happens, right? That's when, yeah. am I losing weight or am I not losing weight? And you could say, you know what? I didn't lose any weight, but man, I, I think I gained some muscle. That's called the, uh, the reassuring lie, right? <laughs> you know, cause I'm telling you, Nick, at 54 years old, you're not building a lot of muscle. Maybe you're trying to keep it, you know, but, but you're not, you're not going to look like a 25 year old bodybuilder, right? That's right. So anyway, well, we were going to, we thought we could get through the human problems in one episode, but we, we were kidding ourselves. So we're going to have to break this into two parts. You know, the, the, the next episode that we do on this, we'll cover the, the second part of the human problem. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I mean, I think what we covered today is you really have to think about this. And that's what Nelson always used to say is it's all about how you think and right. read these pages in your book. If you don't have a book, go to createtailwind.com and schedule a coaching meeting and we'll get you a book. And I promise you this book will not be a waste of your two hours that you read it the first time or the two hours you read it the second time or the three hours that you really study it the third time. I promise right. you that it will not waste your time. But until next time, I'm Jim Oliver. And Nick, thank you very much for co-hosting this week. And I look forward to talking more about how to become your own banker and the human problems. Take care. Take care. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.